As you watch this teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see. Welcome to Home Group. This is Thursday night, and I'm here with Sister Denise Renner. Hey, sweetie. Hi, Rick. Honey, we match. Well, honey, we do. We didn't even talk about it. No, we didn't. We're just led by the Holy Ghost. Well, we are led by the Holy Ghost. We're going to have a good time on Home Group tonight. Yes, and I want to welcome our Home Group. Sure. Home Group, welcome. We are so glad to be with you tonight. And I know I say it before, but it's really the truth. We never take it for granted that you are with us and that you take this time out of your busy schedules to be with us. So mm. thank you so much. And if you need prayer, go ahead and write us right now, prayer at renner.org, or you can call us 1-800-742-5593. And right now we're offering you the Foundations of Faith Study Guide. Please go to renner.org and get this if you haven't done it yet. Look at it. My friend, it is 70 pages and it's free. All you have to do is download it page after page after page after page. It really is like a feast laid on the table for you. You don't have to even prepare the food. Just pull up a chair and eat. It's our gift to you. Wow. And we're also offering you right now, but you've got to buy it. But it is the series called Foundations of Faith, What You Need to Know to Become a Mature Believer. I really believe this is important, Denise. It's oh, really too. important. It's 10 parts. It comes in multiple formats. Please order yours. And we're also offering you right now this week for the last time, 10 guidelines to help you achieve your long awaited promotion also available at renner.org. But hey, let's go to James chapter one, verse 21, where James says that we are to lay aside all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your soul. Your soul needs to be saved. I'm not talking about your spirit. I'm talking about your soul. And in this case, the word soul, the Greek word suke, it describes a person's mind, will, and emotions. And James understood these were the components of the soul that needed to be saved. If you're a Christian, you're already going to heaven. You're already saved in that respect. But hey, just because your spirit is born again doesn't mean that your head thinks right. Your head needs a supernatural work of God in it. And you know what? You can lay in bed at night. You can even sleep with your head on the Bible. That's not going to change your mind. You have to receive the engrafted word. You got to take it into your eyes, into your ears, into your mind. And the word receive is the word prautes. Very important because it tells us that receiving the word of God sometimes, it's really not easy. The word prautes depicts a very strong-willed person who has his own mind. He has his own opinion. However, he's going to lay it aside to take the opinion of somebody else. That's what you have to do for the word of God to become engrafted in you. Engrafted is a Greek word, imphutas, which would be the same word we would use today to describe a person who needs to have some kind of an organ transplant. A new organ would be engrafted into them or subsequently transplanted in them. Maybe they've had an organ failure. Well, if you've had an organ failure, you're probably going to die unless somebody donates an organ. Now, it's amazing to me because that new organ is what you need to live. 
but because it's not innate, because it's not yours naturally. When your body receives it, even though it's what you need to live, it's what you need for your life to be prolonged because it wasn't yours naturally, your body will try to reject it. The only way you're going to keep it is if you take proper medication, listen to the doctor, do what you're told, and then your body will keep that organ. And it may not feel natural in the beginning, but eventually it kind of kicks into working order and your life is saved. That's exactly what it is like when you are going to receive the Word of God. Sometimes God's Word to you does not seem natural. It's what you need to live. It's exactly what you need for your mind to think correctly, but because you've been thinking differently for so long and acting differently for so long, when you hear what God says, it just feels so unnatural, even though it's the very thing you need to save you, deliver you, heal you, everything you need, your whole system will say, I don't like this. This doesn't feel natural to me. So you have to receive it with meekness, which means I don't care what I feel. I don't care. It's what God says. I'm going to choose what God says over what I think and over what I feel, and I'm going to take it until finally this word takes root in me and it begins to kick into operation and releases power to change me. The word power, I told you last night, the word dunamis, the Greek word for the full might of an advancing army. Now here's what happens. Let's say you have an attitudinal problem, and you've had it all your life. Stinking problem. And now the Holy Spirit has spoken to you and said, that's wrong, here's what's right. Think like this. It's a new way of thinking. You've been thinking wrong for so long that the new way of thinking doesn't feel right to you. It's not comfortable, but it's really what you need. It will save you. Comes into you, Everything in your system will try to reject it. You may have good days. You may have bad days. For example, if God tells you to forgive, you may have some days where you're really able to forgive, and you may have other days when you're tempted to slip back into that old way of thinking, of bitterness and unforgiveness, and you have to kind of work through all of that and say, you know what? Feelings, shut up. I'm going to receive this word until it becomes a part of me. And when it finally kicks into operation, because you have received it with meekness, it will release its dunamis. That word in you is so powerful, <laughs> like an army. It will begin pushing back the dark things in your life, even your soul, which in this case refers to your mind, until you are totally delivered. Denise? It is so powerful. It's such a work of grace and mercy in our lives when God does that. Oh, I just love him. He's done that in my life so many times and keeps, he keeps delivering my soul and delivering my soul. And I know he's delivering your soul, but I want to share with you out of Proverbs because I mean, here was David telling Solomon, this is what's important. And it's Proverbs chapter four. And he says, my son, give attention to my words. It's exactly what we're talking about. Incline your ear to my sayings. Powerful. 
Do not let them depart from your eyes. That's the way you keep the engrafted word. Is, is keep it in your eyes. You meditate on the word of God. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence. Honey, that's fabulous. Isn't that powerful? Powerful. That's exactly what we're talking about. Well, last night we also gave you five steps to receive the engrafted word. And I want to cover them again very quickly, just in case you didn't get them all last night. You ready, Denise? Mm -hmm, I'm ready. Five steps, and that will all end with shun because it's easier to remember. Number one, submission. You have to continuously live in submission to that word of God, whether you like it or not. You've got to make a decision. I'm going to submit to its submission. Number two, elimination. Oh, this one's really important. It's really repentance. Elimination, you must eliminate anything, might even mean anybody, that tries to keep you from submitting to the Word of God, including outside voices and opinions, as well as your own opposing thoughts, feelings, and desires. Number three, you have to make a decision. Make a decision. You're going to live in submission to that Word for the long haul, Number four, continuation. The word continuation in this case means it's not something you're going to do just once, but you're going to start it, you're going to continue it, you're going to continue, 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 never depart from it. And finally, number five, reception. As you do all the first four steps, guess what happens? You begin to receive the Word of God. And what was originally not natural to you, becomes innate. It begins to kick into place and it begins to release its delivering power in your life. You know, Rick, I want to say something about that fourth one, continuation. It's very important, isn't it? Because the, Jesus said, don't worry about tomorrow. And he said, live today. Now, yesterday's gone. So all we have is today. And sometimes what I do to myself, if I'm trying to push through or overcome something, I say, Jesus, I have probably about 14 more hours to be awake. That is so helpful. Just 14 more hours. Or maybe you have 16 more hours to be awake and to press forward and to change your attitude. And you don't have to take the pressure of tomorrow. Or am I going to do this in five years or three weeks from now? Just take today. That's what Jesus said. He said, live today. Mm -hmm. And so we, we're continuing. We're continuing, but we're taking that word for today. Well, then you go to James 1.22, and he continues his thought. Now, remember that whenever the Bible was written, it didn't have all these numbers. Yeah. We added those later. These are continuing thoughts. So he's continuing this thought. Be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Mm. What word? The word that has power to deliver you. You have to be a doer of it. Mm. This, uh, by the way, is another way that it becomes engrafted in you. Mm -hmm. When you begin to do the word of mm -hmm. God, mm -hmm. that's when it really begins to click into place and release its delivering power. Oh, that's the truth. But it says, be doers of the word and not hearers only. Okay, there's two really important things here. Sometimes people say, well, I want to do what God says, but I don't know how. Well, guess what? Welcome to humanity. People have been saying that for 2,000 years, 
And that's why here James used the word doers, which is the Greek word poieo. Oh. And the word poieo is the word for a poet or one who has a creative flair. It literally means if you can't easily think of a way to do what has been preached to you or to do what God's word has said to you, poieo, it's time for you to get creative. Put your head to work and find a way to put that into action. Find a way to put it into action. When you begin to put the word of God to action, that's another thing that causes it to really take root inside you. And then he goes on and mentions a second category whom he calls hearers only. Now, Denise, the first time I studied that word, I laughed out loud. It's a Greek word, akroetes. The word akroetes here translated hearers only. Do you know what it is? It's a student that audits a class. Well, when you audit a class, you don't get credit for it. You just show up to listen. You don't even take a test. You just audit the class. He says, literally, be a doer of the word and don't just be an auditor of a subject. Mm. Well, people who audit classes, audit classes for different reasons. They think that maybe the class will be fun, might be interesting. They might decide to enroll in the class and audit the class because their friends are there and they're also in the class. There's all kinds of reasons why people audit classes, but there's something interesting about auditing the class. There's no responsibility. You're not required to do anything. You don't have to take any tests, and therefore you get no credit. credit. You don't get any credit for it. There's no real benefit in your life. You just wasted your time auditing something. That's the word that is used here for hearers only. Well, guess what? The church world is filled with auditors. People who go to church, they listen to the word. They say, I'm such a good Christian, I, I went to church. Or they read a book, they say, well, look at me. I've got shelves filled with Christian books that I have read. Wow. You know what? That's all good. You ought to go to church. You ought to read all you can read. But the proof is not in what you hear or in what you read. It's in what you do. It is the doing which causes the supernatural power to be released. Wow. It's, and it's the experiencing that victory that, uh, that encourages you to, to go on and keep going and keep going because you're experiencing more of his presence. Because when we do what he says, we experience more of him. And when we experience more of him, we're able to give out more of him. You know, Denise, there really are a lot of people that have deceived themselves. Mm -hmm. And that's what the verse says. Yeah. Here is only deceiving your own selves. Yeah. It's really self-deception. Yeah. And in Greek, deceiving your own selves is a really weird Greek word, paralogizomai. And it was used one specific way. I like those words because you know specifically what it means. And it was used to describe scholarly librarians. Mm -hmm. And the librarians would take documents and they would lay them side by side. They would compare documents and they would come up with an analysis and a conclusion. But when it is the word paralogizomai, it describes people who make a miscalculation. 
after examining the facts and looking at all the material, there was something flawed in their approach, and so they made a miscalculation. Well, James uses this word to tell us, hey guys, if you think you're doing good because you watch a bunch of different preachers on YouTube, if you think you're doing good because you go to church or listen to Home Group or Rick Renner's regular TV program or anybody else, if you think you're doing good because you read books, it's good that you're doing all that, but you're missing the point. You've made a serious miscalculation. You're just an auditor. Nothing powerful will happen until you begin to do what you read, until you begin to do what you heard. That is the trigger that releases the power. You got to do it. Let me give you an illustration. I was thinking of this just this morning, Denise, because some years ago, I gained a lot of weight. Gained a lot of weight. And my family confronted me. That was so precious of them. They said, it's time for you to lose this weight. You're too young to be in this condition. God has something for you to do for a long time. You're going to lose this weight. And they helped me. But up until that time, I already knew that. I already knew that. I had a lot of knowledge. I knew I needed to stop eating fast food. I knew that. I knew I needed to stop consuming carbohydrates. Russian pelmeni. I love it to this day. Potatoes. Just consuming it. I was just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. I absolutely knew what I should be doing. Knowledge does not equate change. Knowledge does not equate power. Just knowing all that didn't do anything for me. I was getting worse and worse and worse, and I had a head full of knowledge. It's not knowledge that sets you free. Knowledge just puffs up. It puffs up, but it's doing, because in the doing, you have to humble yourself before God to listen to him, to lean your ear in, to take someone else's opinion over yours and start doing what that instruction is telling you to do. And it's in that place that we change. Well, Denise, today when I weighed, and I weigh every day, I'm almost... 110 pounds lighter than I was before all of that started. Did you hear that number? So if you ever hear me talking about losing weight or people that are overweight, I am never judgmental of that. I understand it completely. But think about this. I knew I was in bad shape. I knew that. I was in such bad shape I was falling. I was too young to be falling. Blood pressure problems. My heart was beating so fast. I was buying new clothes all the time because I just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And I knew everything that was wrong about what I was doing. Knowing what is wrong doesn't change anything. Doesn't change anything. The Bible said to me, mortify the deeds of the flesh. Put it to death. Stop this. Well, knowing what I was supposed to do and doing it, it's two different things. But the change and the power comes when you step out of just knowing what to do and you begin to do 
what God says to do. That really is when that divine army in you begins to march forward and sets you free. Because the Holy Spirit's so ready to help us. When we say yes, he is so ready to help us. And that divine army that you're talking about, Rick, that's the power of the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. That's the grace of God. That's the mercy of God. And when we just say that divine word, yes, it opens the door for heaven and that divine army to come and to help us and bring us into that place of change. Now, I want to read to you basically what James was really saying. Are you ready for this? Listen to this, Denise. If you think, if you think things are going to improve and be great, just because you hear the word, you have made a tragic miscalculation. Your analysis is wrong. Yes, you need to hear the word, but you must find a way to creatively put it into practice. Isn't that powerful? <laughs> I love it. And if you don't know how to put it into practice, ask somebody around you for ideas. Ask, ask for help. In my case, my family helped me. And I began to go to a man who began to teach me how to physically take care of myself and to exercise, and I exercise all the time. I do, I do about 70 push-ups every morning. Been doing it for years now. But it started with a decision to do the Word of God, not just to know it. Now I'm going to lead into another word, which we're going to pick up on tomorrow night. Are you okay. ready for this? Uh -huh. Jesus' disciples were called disciples. His followers were called disciples. You hear a word in that? You hear the word discipline? Mm. Uh-oh. Nobody likes that. But you can't be a disciple unless you're willing to be disciplined. And in fact, the word disciple is the word methetes. The word methetes, I'm going to give you a little translation. It is a committed learner. And for you to qualify to be a disciple of anybody, by the way, Denise, back in those days, there were a lot of people that had disciples. Philosophers had disciples. Spiritual leaders had disciples. If you read in the book of Acts, you find that the apostle Paul had disciples. The word disciples describes a student that is 100% submitted to his teacher. Mm. He's not there to audit anything. Mm -mm. In fact, if you're just an auditor, you'll be kicked out. A disciple is not an auditor. For you to qualify to be a disciple in the first century, you had to, number one, be totally sold out, lock, stock, and barrel to your teacher. You had to be willing to do anything he said, including helping him in any way he needed to be helped. You, to be a disciple, had to take his word as the ultimate word of authority in your life and do it. Mm. If you didn't do it, then you were disqualified. Well, the church today is filled with a lot of hearers, but not a lot of doers. There are very few disciples. How about you? Are you a disciple? A committed learner who does what Jesus says to do. Remember, when you got saved, you said Jesus is? Lord. Lord, that means lock, stock, and barrel sold out to Jesus, not just on good days, on every day, and on every single issue that he says. 
When you called Jesus Lord, you were agreeing that His voice would be the supreme voice in your life and you would obey every word He would ever speak to you. If that's what you're doing, then you're a disciple. If you are just listening and walking, then you're a hearer only. Welcome to the world. Most of the Christian world who comes to church week after week after week and does not do what they hear or what God's Word says to do, and then they complain that they don't have any power in their lives. My friends, that army we're talking about, it's triggered when you begin to do. And that's why Peter follows up this whole conversation by saying, and be doers of the Word, and not hearers only deceiving your own selves. It's not in the hearing that the power is released. It's in the doing. It's when you begin to do, bam, that power is released. And the next day when you do again, bam, another level of that power is released. It's the doing of the Word which releases the delivering power that your brain and your head and your thinking needs. Amen. Denise. Well, I'm just thinking how powerful this is and how we all need to hear this and take it deeply into our hearts and also remember those things that God has already done in you because that, that testifies to you that this is the truth. You know, I, you can say, I remember when he changed me this time. And now the Holy Spirit's probably dealing with you something now. Well, he's the same yesterday as he is today. And so he has that same delivering power Amen. for us to say, yes, Lord, I'm going to change. I saw what you did in my life in the past. I want you to move in my life now. Amen. I want to make a change. And remember that if you have a prayer request, we want to pray for you. Write us, prayer at renner.org, or call us, 1-800-742-5593. And before you go to bed, take your sleeping medication that is found in Psalm 4.8. It says, I will both lay me down and, and sleep, and the Lord, Lord will keep, keep me, me safely. Safe. That's yours to claim. Go to bed. And we'll see you tomorrow night. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed that teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it.